This is Perspectives, show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley. For the second time this year in our studios to share with you an Academy Award winner. You remember earlier in the season, we had Monique drop by and spend some time with us. Well, today we are talking to Shay Rhymefest Smith, who is having an incredible year of the Oscars awarded this year. He has won. His name is on it. He he didn't bring it to show it to me so that I could actually hold one because that is something we'd all love to do. But uh, if you love the song, the Academy Award winning best song from a motion picture, Glory, the, from the film Selma, Shay is one of the writers on that song. He is here. One, we can talk a little bit about that, but he has a film, an award-winning film. The African-American Film Critics Association has named it best. It's already picked up winners at the uh, Bentonville Film Festival as the best documentary. It won the Southwest Airlines Audience Overall winner at the Nashville Film Festival, uh, another award at the Nashville Film Festival. It's an official selection. He's going to Tribeca this year, which I'm excited to hear about. The film is in my father's house. And better than me, I want you to meet Shay. And I want Shay to tell us about this remarkable film that sounds like it has some parallels mm-hmm. to your own life. Well, thank you so much, uh, Condes, for having me here. Uh, basically, In My Father's House is a documentary based on a journey that I took. I never knew my father. I met, I met my father perhaps two or three times in my entire life, uh, and it wasn't very long meetings, but I did know the house that he grew up in. Every time my mother and I would pass it, she'd say, yep, that's where your dad grew up. So what I did a couple years ago was I bought the house. I purchased the house that my father grew up in as a way to say, this is my inheritance for what I never had from you, what I never had from your family. Well, once I got into the house, it felt haunted. There were familiar spirits that I didn't know. My family was happy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't at peace in that home. And the only thing that could complete peace for me was to find this estranged father. So I went to search for my father. And when I finally found him, he had been homeless for 28 years. Mm. He had been an alcoholic. It wasn't that my father just ran out and abandoned me as I thought growing up. This was a man who fell in a hole. And so this film documents a child, a son, a prodigal son, grabbing his father out of the hole. It it documents black family forgiving, loving, coming together. When we hear the stories of Chicago, mostly what you hear is violence, Chirac, black-on-black crime, fratricide. This is a story of brothers and family coming together. So, you know, we're very proud to uh, have this film, to show it. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It it talks about substance abuse, which a lot of American families deal with. And and I'm just so overjoyed to have the Bentonville Film Festival, uh, you know, really uh, showcase this film at AMC theaters across the country. When you bought the house and it just didn't feel right and you decided that you were going to embark on this journey, Shay, did you always know that you were going to to document it and be a filmmaker in that way? I mean, I know you're a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Well, the film was created by uh, Annie 
Sunberg and Ricky Stern from Breakthrough Films, I began documenting as soon as I started looking for my father before I uh, met Ricky and Annie from Breakthrough Films. I started documenting on my own. But this is what I believe, Condice. If you have a life worth living, you should be documenting it, whether it's audio, whether it's visual, whether it's journal. If not, what is the proof that in history you ever existed? There is no proof that you existed on this earth if you don't document your story. None of us are going through unique experiences, but we all have God's imprint and have a unique way of figuring out how to navigate those experiences. And and I, I truly believe that documentation, and this is not just me, it's you, it's everyone that's listening. Documentation of your life is proof that you were here on earth. We don't want to spoil anything in the documentary for film goers, but how did you go about being able to find this man, your father, whom you had vague knowledge of? Mm. You knew where he once lived, but in order to reconcile the feelings in your heart that you knew, you know, I need to find and talk to this man. How'd you do that? Well, anytime you want to find a parent, especially a father, you start with the baby mama. The baby mama always has a radar. <laughs> A father dar. That even if my mother hadn't spoken to him in over two decades, she knew how to find him. You know, she found him the first time, didn't she? <laughs> so like so so basically, you know, I went to my mom and my mom was like, Well, I know his brothers on Facebook. Let me call his brother. She started doing her Batman detective work. And then uh then the brother said, Well, I haven't seen my brother in fifteen years. He hadn't even seen his brother. So at that point I started thinking, maybe my father's dead. You know, maybe he's just not here anymore. And the brother connected me with a friend of the family. The friend of the family says, uh, your father's barely living. He's living homeless. He's living on the street, drinking every day. And uh, the friend of the family directed me on where I could go find my father. And that doesn't ruin the film at all because actually the film kind of begins with me finding him because that isn't even the root story. The root of the story is forgiveness. How does forgiveness take place within the midst of manipulation? What kind of father am I? Yeah, I'm finding my father, but what about my daughters? One daughter who in the film, and it doesn't spoil it, to tell you I was denying was my daughter. Oh. You know, from another woman as I am married trying to have a child with my wife. So, you know, you know, this film explores many pathologies of family. And what happens in our not-so-normal, new American normal? Because your story is not, in particular, a black story. It is a universal story. It is a universal story that has particular relevance to black families. You know, we, we talk about crime, kindness, you, you know, uh, in, in Chicago. Unless we can bring our families together, we can't bring our communities together. Unless we can create makeshift families, we can't bring our communities together. The, it, it is not the police job to heal our community. It is not the politician's job to create policies that heal our community. It's our job. And so this film shows how. You've had quite the exceptional year. I mentioned at the start that you got an Oscar mm-hmm. for Glory, which yeah. you wrote for Selma. Mm-hmm. How did you and, and you've worked with many other artists that our listeners are very familiar with. Yes. You've you've worked with Kanye and others and, mm-hmm. and songs that you've written. 
from the experience that you had as a child growing up with your mother in a fatherless home, how did that life, your childhood, prepare you for the man you've grown up to be? Mm. It's prepared me in good ways and in bad ways. Mm, I thought you know, so. When, 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 you, when I look at the fact that I have three children by three different women, although I was married to one and we're, we're divorced, but you know, not being able to have stable relationships, saying, yeah, I'll be there and take care of my children, but not being able to have uh, uh, sustainable relationships with women over long periods of time is a direct result of teaching, conditioning, you know, watching my mother, uh, my mother and I grew up together. I was, my mother had me at 15. So we grew up together. I had to watch my mother go through the stage where she had a lot of boyfriends in her 20s. Like, that ain't good for a child. I learned how to treat women from my mother's bad boyfriends. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. a lot of things we don't think about. And this is not mother blaming, but it was my experience because there was no father. There was no sustainable household. You know, we the, the woman is left to kind of fend for herself and figure out life. The man is off, you know, trying to figure out what he's doing and homeless, you know. Uh, and the child is the one who is absorbing it all. You know, when I look at my friends, and you mentioned Kanye and Common, Common's mother uh, was a principal of a high school. His father was a big, famous basketball player. Common played basketball at Iowa in the footsteps of his father at Iowa State. You know, he had two parents, whether they were together or not. When he failed, when he had issues, this is how you should do in your career, son. And now look at him. You know, we all know he was on stage with that Oscar. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Kanye, his father was a Black Panther, a, a minister. His mother was a Fulbright scholar. Kanye lived in China from the ages of 8 to 10, learned Mandarin. This is stuff you don't know about these rappers that, that are sustainable and successful. Lupe Fiasco, his father was a martial arts champion. His mother was a community activist, and they raised eight beautiful, wonderful kids and helped them in their careers. Well, why was Ryan Fest in the shadows of these artists? So it's kind of like you know them, you see them on TV, but I may be a name you, you may not hear of. I was more comfortable in the background mm-hmm. because I didn't have that training of how to play the front man. And, and I think that now, at, at, you know, at 35, when I found my father, I actually found my confidence. And, and I, that's why I say all that to say my mother and father may not be married, but to have them in the same room, to have them cheering me on, to have them saying, you know, you are the best thing we've ever done, gave me that confidence, Condes, to say, hey, I don't got to write songs for, for people. I can collaborate with people and I can also write for myself. And so now, you know, at 35, I found my, my manhood. I always had my masculinity. But I found my manhood and finding the confidence that with the parents. I, and I would also bring it back to black women and say, imagine this. Imagine how many women are dating and married to men who are still looking for daddies. You know what I mean? Dating yes. and married to men who need completion. How can you be a man and raise a healthy, well-rounded family? And you're not completed yourself. The only way we can get that completion is we have to convince our men and our women to forgive, to love, to be empathetic to the journey of their parents in order to understand who they are. How easy 
was that reconciliation with your father? By the time I went to search for my father, it was very easy because I forgave before I met him. Hmm. That's another thing about forgiveness I think sometimes Candace we don't realize is that if you're going to your parents or, or strange parents or parents you were mad at looking for some wanna be waved and them to tell you what they never told you and, and I'm sorry, child, then you're fooling yourself. You're delusional. I think that we have to accept people for their flaws but understand what we need from the situation. And if what you need from the situation is is solace and peace, you can have happiness without peace, but you can't have peace without happiness. That is true. And so I was already at peace when I went to go find my father. How did you know what was going on in your life at that time that you knew in order to have happiness, you needed to find that peace? Because that was a tremendous growing point for you as a man anyway that many men may not you know may not know how to do or may not be there yet what what got you to that moment well well, Candace first it was a selfish moment it's interesting how your selfish moments if you're open to what it really is can lead you on a journey when I bought my father's house and moved into my father's house that he grew up in it was to say yes I won I beat you I beat the odds I got your house Negro Until the spirit started to haunt me. And when I found my father, he told me this house was a torture chamber for me. My father used to hang us from the pipes. He used to put shotguns to our heads. My father was a very brutal man. I was being haunted by the spirits of his abuse. Memories that you must have blocked. Well, memories that I didn't, they, they, were, they were disconnected memories because I didn't know that they happened. But I had to, that feeling, those feelings I was getting from that home. Something wasn't right. Only my father could explain why and what. But when my father came to the home and said, of all places, you got this house. And he touched the wall. It all went away. Because he came to peace with the home and brought peace to the house. He dispelled those, that bad energy by making peace with me. You know, Condis, it, it was. This has been a very eye-opening spiritual journey for me and my family. My son is 17 years old, and he said when we started this journey, he was 15. He said, "I didn't think grandfathers existed because I didn't know any." His grandfather on his mother's side had died before he was born. My father had never been around. You have a group of young boys and girls today that don't think grandparents exist because they don't have none. Big mama died mm-hmm. when they was three, cause raising the baby, stressed out, you know, you know, had diabetes and cancer and all these things we suffer from. And don't get treatment because we're scared to go to the doctor. Or the counselor. Because we don't trust or them. whatever we need. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, Daddy in jail are gone, mama trying, and many kids today don't have dads or mothers. They going from house to house, staying with auntie, staying with cousin. And, 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 I, and I believe that, you know, we have to bring our families together. There's no way you can protect yourself against a, an assault from a police officer. There's no way you can protect yourself against gentrification if your family is not together. If you're com- you can't have a, a healthy community without a healthy family. We live in a bunch of neighborhoods. Shay, what has what impact has this experience, this two year journey of buying your father's home, 
owning it, cleansing it, mm. reconciling with him. What impact has all of this had on your family? You mentioned you have three children. You have a son who's 17. You have two daughters. How are you a different man, and what impact has all of this had on your family today? You know, I could talk about the impact it has on my children, but I think the greatest impact it has, Condis, was on my mother. Oh. When my father and my mother saw each other for the first time in 21 years, it was like 1971 all over again. They hugged, they loved, they laughed, and they continue to do so. My mother is an angel because she did the one thing that I'm so glad she didn't didn't happen. She supported me. She didn't tell me what you want him for. He ain't never did nothing for you. He ain't never been there. That love and that forgiveness didn't start with me. It started with her. It started with my mother encouraging me. Well, if you want answers, go find your father. You know, my mother never being upset, down talking, downplaying him. You know, yes, she had a heavy responsibility as a 15 year old girl and it was unfair, but my mother was so mature in understanding life is unfair. And if you don't embrace struggle, you ain't going to make it. You got to embrace struggle. You got to love it. You got to pick your enemies so you can choose your battles. If, if you pick your enemies, you can predict all battles you're going to have, and it ain't so bad. A lot of people wait kind of for struggle to come their way, and then we act surprised. My <laughs> it's mother, always going to be there. Yeah, it's always going to be there. You might as well love it. And live life. And so, you know, my mother said, embrace finding your father. And when she, when we found him and he walked through the door and he looked at her, he said, you the best woman I ever, 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 ever had. And hugged her. And they loved each other. And, and, and all of a sudden, I didn't exist. It was just them in a room together. I was just a fixture. And so I, I say all that to say the impact of my mother and my father loving each other has impacted me, has made me a better man, a better family member, a better father, a better artist, you know, a better community member, stronger. And, 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 I, and this is something that I haven't been the best father to my children. I hope that this experience allows my children to forgive me when the time comes. I think it's interesting that you don't assume or expect that now, but no. pray for it in the future. <laughs> pray well, they got mamas, and those mamas may not be as forgiving as mine. So why do you think that, <laughs> why do you think that the, your mother harbored zero bitterness towards your father, despite the fact that they made you, and then he wasn't there? Number one, I think my mother's a special type of lady. Period. Number two, I think a lot of things that that happen in the media today and. What, what your 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 bad friend tells you you should do. Girl, you need to take him to court, girl. Don't let nobody do the blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think that a lot of people get bad and misinformation, bad advice. I, I, I believe that a lot of times we, in our communities, especially, we don't talk about how families come in between relationships, come in between parenting. You know, you can't let your while we have to love the grandparents, you can't let the grandparents raise the children to call the shots. The mama and daddy got to call the shots. And once you get pregnant, once you have child, you and that parent have to be effective co-parents also. And I just have to say this. I don't want to sound elitist, but this is this, I'm going to lay it on the table. Black people have to learn how to mate. 
we don't know how to mate. You know, I, I recently made friends with Kenneth Cole, uh, the fashion designer. Right. He's married to Maria Cuomo Cole. Her father was the governor of New York for a long time. Her brother's the current governor. Then I met Senator John Kerry, who's married to Teresa Hines, the heir of the Hines Foundation. The ketchup people, uh, yeah, yeah. the ketchup people. Mc- John McCain married to the Budweiser lady. Arnold Schwarzenegger married to Kennedy. I met my baby mama at Shark's Chicken. That's a problem. <laughs> you know, we were never taught and conditioned yes. on how to, to build family, how to build empires and, and what that takes to, to bring. Love ain't enough. A big butt ain't enough. You look good in the club. Your Instagram, I like how many likes you got. If I could just get her, I'm in love with a stripper. That's not enough. I think that our culture, our uh, pop culture, has we, we believe in it more than we believe in religion. And I think that there's something about our culture, and this is why I, I, I write songs like Glory or Jesus Walks or New Slave, and I say we got to make this stuff penetrate through and we got to make this stuff have success so that young people can look at it. The young people I teach in Chicago can look at it and say there's relevance in telling the truth and not telling a lie on who we are. You know, Dr. Donda West, Kanye West's mom said right. something to me. I was 15, and she was the mother, the responsible mother for me at a time when I needed it. And she heard me doing this rap about how many drugs I sold, how many women I had, how many people I shot. She said, Ryan Fess, I'm not judging you, but did you really shoot all those people, have sex with all those girls, and sell all those drugs? I'm not judging. I'm just asking. I said, no, I'm just trying to get famous. That's how you get on the radio with rap. You know, I'm going to give me a record deal. She said, okay. She said, so if you become successful telling a lie on yourself, can you live with yourself? Can you live with your lie? She said, where's your mom? I told her. She said, your mom in her 20s or something? I said, yeah. Where's your dad? I don't know. What do you want for your sister? Oh, I want my sister to grow up and be this and that. She said, that's the most profound rap that I've never heard you say is your own story. Oh, she changed my life. That is profound. Indeed. We have to begin telling our truth. We have to begin choosing partners that we want to be with. We have to stop having unintentional children like myself. You know, and and, and this is why I think I'm the best one to say it because I'm guilty of it. Like, you know, we we have to begin to love each other and and forgive each other. For, for the children, for, for the relationships we did have that went wrong, we have to forgive at some point and move on. You don't got to love. Or, and if you don't want to love, you don't got to hate. Just be indifferent. What do you want film goers to take away from, from, from the documentary in my father's house? Kind of, you know, like I said before, no experience is unique. Everyone is going to find a piece of their family in this film. Everyone is going to find a piece of their struggle that they need to embrace in this film. I want what I would would hope for is that national conversation begins to happen and national healing begins to happen. And I would be remiss if I did not ask Ryan Fest, how is your father now? My father is an alcoholic. I have learned to love and accept him as that. 
alcoholism is a disease. It's similar. I wouldn't tell someone with diabetes, stop having diabetes. <laughs> like, so it's something I have to be an advocate to my father, and we deal with it one day at a time. My father is wonderful. I mean, he he's a grandfather now. He, he, he and my mom are best friends. So he has gotten the help that he needed. He's not on the streets anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. We make sure of that. All right. Yeah, you know, that's what family won't let you be on the street. My father has a family now. Congratulations. Thank you, Condice. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.